Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm all right. I'm enjoying the hot sunshine and I'm very into dresses at the moment. Ooh. I'm not sure I have... No, I have one or two dresses still. I've sort of got rid of most of them, weirdly. But I do occasionally feel like a dress these days, so I need to do something about that. I've just felt very dressy recently. Mm. Mm. And and it seems like a good option when it's hot. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I do recommend dresses. Okay, thank you. That's That's my thought for you for the coming week. Thank you, I appreciate it. You're welcome. And what have you been up to? Well, I saw this film last night. Um, it's called Finishing School. It's from 1934. And wow. I picked it up, I think, by, you know, just going through the 30 section in our fantastic um, DVD shop, which is called Close Up is off Brick Lane. And it's got, you oh, know, yes. all sorts of amazing stuff. It's not, yeah, it's a cinema as well. Anyway, so I pick, picked that up and... Um, it's it's got an amazing plot line and there's really interesting stuff to do with dress as well. So I'll I'll try to give a very short summary of the of do, the do. Um, of the plot. So what is interesting? So at the beginning, you know how they sometimes do that with films. You see all the characters. You see just a little snip. Um, oh, snapshot. I like it when they. Yeah, do I like that. And at the end, it sort of says, and the snob. And then it goes to the front page of a brochure about Crockett Hall, which is this finishing school <laughs> where the ladies are. So that's the snob in the story. Oh, wow. So it's about this beautiful actress. Oh, yeah, well, she, she's, she is a beautiful actress. She's called Frances D. And she plays a girl called Virginia. And her mother is too busy with her social life. So she enrolls her into this finishing finishing school and um so she she arrives and then she her roommate is ginger rogers and ginger rogers is called cecilia i think but she's her her nickname is pony because the first time we see her she's in, in a riding outfit with her job purse and stuff Excellent. so um the the sort of headmistress um gives gives cecilia a bit of an idea you know no lipstick no drinking no smoking um, and as soon as she's in the room with Ginger Rogers, Ginger Rogers um, locks the door, which you're also not allowed to do, and starts smoking. Oh, um, my goodness. Yeah, so she's going to be led astray. And alcohol plays a big part in this. So it's a, it's a, did I say it's a pre-code film? So that's, it's, I haven't actually, I've seen silent movies, but I haven't quite seen something like this. So... For some bizarre reason, Virginia has some liquor in her um, in her suitcase, and by that point, there are two more girls in the room, and they sort of hunt for the liquor and they fight for it. Oh no! Yes, they and fight for they it. They fight for it. They end up on the floor, and then they say, "This doesn't sound very ladylike." No, and then they say to Pony, "Do you have a corkscrew?" And she says, "I'd rather go without a toothbrush than not having a corkscrew." Yeah, so Virginia, um, though, is saying, no, we're not going to drink this. And she's she's smashing the bottle. Um, But anyway, they sort of still become good friends. And they have this amazing school uniform. It's like, so everyone is super slim, as you would imagine. Of course. From 1934. So they have this shift dress, which... I know it's black and white, but it actually does look like it might be a grey dress. And it looks yeah. like men's suiting. It's really slim with a long-sleeved bolero of the same fabric um, and a black 
patent leather belt and then a white you see a, a quite a big white collar and a black bow oh it sounds lovely it is rather lovely and sometimes there's a sort of scene when they're in the canteen and there are lots of them lots of girls and they all wear this beautiful uniform um, wow. and then there's another scene where they all wear these grecian inspired dresses so they it's their morning exercise so they're in the garden and they wear this dress that goes maybe just to the knee and they sort of frolic around and then the headmistress says something like i couldn't figure it out she says it a few times she says something like attitudine and then they have to strike a pose and they have oh, to do you think it's meant to be like emma hamilton's attitude yes i think so and oh, maybe wow. it's Greek now or... that, if i'd learned that kind of thing at school i would have enjoyed it more yeah so they they do that a few times they have to strike a pose and I, it looks a bit like they have to look like on a greek vase or something mm. um so that's really interesting and then they the four of them they go off to a city to presume uh, supposedly meet Pony's aunt Jessica um, so the aunt picks them up from the station and the, the, the teacher hands the girls over and says yeah you will bring them back tomorrow won't you and the aunt says yeah fine we're going to the theatre etc and then the next thing you see they're all in a cab they all have their compacts out and they're all putting on lipstick all together wow and then Virginia knows that something's not quite right and she says to Pony is this really your aunt and she says, "Not that my uncle knows of." So she gets oh, all la, the good, she gets all the good lines. Um, but anyway, to cut, cut a long story short, um, Virginia. So then they go to a hotel where Pony meets her boyfriend, and there's a date for Virginia. And G Virginia says she would like to get tight because she would like to know what it's like. Oh, Virginia, don't do it. So, but don't, she does. Um, oh. And then this date of hers is is doing stuff she doesn't she doesn't want so she tries to run off and she gets rescued by the waiter of the hotel who <sighs> drives her home and turns out to be actually a medical doctor who just needs to earn some extra money of course and of course he's not just any medical doctor he's a is it called pediatrician he's a child yes so he's obviously a very very good man um so they fall in love inevitably but they don't allow her really to see him very much. So at Christmas, she hopes to go home, but her mother has too much social stuff to do. So she says, I'll just, you know, here's a check over a thousand dollars, buy something nice, um, but you're going to have to stay in the boarding house. And um, so she's in the boarding house and she's sad and she finds another bottle of liquor in a pair of riding boots, which she's... What is going on at this school? <laughs> yeah. So she's putting that in her glass that she used for toothbrushing and she's humming jingle bells while she's doing that. Um, and I can't remember whether she actually drinks it or pours it away. So she's sort of moping around and yes. um, then the doctor comes um, and knocks on the glass and they meet in the boathouse. And then one thing leads to another, which you don't see um but afterwards she she she's sort of a bit funny and she obviously has some sort of secret that she wants to tell her mother but her mother isn't interested um then she 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 almost tells the headmistress but then she doesn't do that and then it all comes to a head because she's been sent to see a doctor and she she's worried that they find out what has happened oh my goodness yeah so her parents come to the school and the doctor and they all arrive of course at the same time and the mother is sort of up in arms and um whereas 
the parent and the doctor sort of almost collide in the doorway and the doctor says I'm going to marry your daughter what do you say and the father says have a cigar (laughs) and then you know it's all going to be okay so then it's fine then it's fine but I just thought that was incredible that they actually it is amazing yeah I mean it is amazing I've seen a few pre-code films and they're so explicit and it does make you think if the code had never happened would all films have been kind of porn films essentially because they're so there's like sex drugs drink pregnancy abortion it's all there yeah isn't it yeah wow and And do they mm -hmm. just a a little bit more about the the clothes they wear so could you tell me a bit more about when they're out on the town? What do they wear then? Because I'm picturing them in their beautiful grey yeah. so, school uniforms. What do they then go to when they're, they're in the city? There is rather a lot of fur because they're meant to be mega rich. So, I see. So when they're in the cab, I'm not sure they're all wearing fur, but I think um, and quite there are quite a lot of different kinds of fur on show at various times. Blimey. Um, Ginger Ginger Rogers, when when they're in the hotel, she wears this beautiful gown. It's um, black at the bottom, and then some sort of silvery top that's a, that's attached to it. That's really really gorgeous. Wow. And otherwise, it's they have this Sunday thing that happens where they have to pretend they're hosting people. So oh, um, yes. these these men come to the school and they sort of hosting the party, and then they wear a lot of black dresses with white frilly bits around the sleeves and around the decolletage Um, and then a few times it's sort of check um, fabric and a lot of again very typical a lot of angles um, and big buttons and that kind of kind of stuff. Oh they do like big buttons Mm. don't they? There's a real phase in the 30s of huge buttons yeah and yeah and a lot of a lot of these um ruffles um so in in some ways it's quite angular but then it's also made much more soft Mm. with bows and and ruffles and um the mother of of virginia is um oh i think she's at in dinner dinner at eight as well she's called billy burke um and she's she's called what billy burke um, oh, I like her. Yeah, she's funny. She's she's fantastic, and she she's a lot of the time she's in some sort of evening gown because she's meant to be the socialite. So um, she's on her way out to some party all the time, and at the end, oh, brilliant. Towards the end, when Virginia almost tells her, um, but she just you know she wants to go out. The mother she just doesn't want to listen. She has this shift, sort of long, very tight dress which is all shimmery and must be sort of full of spangles and she wears diamonds and yeah she looks she looks pretty pretty amazing and there's another there's one um other episode which i really like there is this younger girl that everyone makes fun of a little bit she wants to be part of this sort of older group but she is just younger so when they're packing up for christmas before virginia knows she's not allowed to go home um this young girl comes in and says to pony can I borrow your brassiere? And um, Pony says, what do you need a brassiere for? N- none of them really need need one. Um, and then she says, which is so funny, she says, I'm, I'm going to this house party and when the maid unpacks my suitcase and there won't be a brassiere in it, that will be very embarrassing. So can I please <laughs> oh have your brassiere? So... 
I mean, it's something we've all been through. Yeah, we. Yeah, it's something you need to think about when you go to a it house is. party. So, um, Pony takes it out of her suitcase, and I, I think maybe I just want her to have it in the satin bag, but I think she has. And it's this tiny thing. It's like a seventies bra. She just crushes oh. it up in her hand and just um, throws it to this young girl who sort of catches it and then yes. then walks out. Um, so that was. That was another interesting... That's very good, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess underwear would have to be super soft and kind of not really there. Yeah, yeah. Under the cut of clothes. Mm, mm. Oh, it sounds so good. Yeah, it's really good. And then there's there's some other sort of interesting things. that It's the directors, there are two directors, um, and one of them is called Wanda, and I don't know how to pronounce her name. It's something like Tuchuk, T-U-C-H-O-C-K. And apparently she was one of only two women who were directing films in the 30s in Hollywood. Oh, wow. And she was a screenwriter and a producer. She sounds very interesting. She sounds very good. Mm. So. I wonder if, if we can get hold of any more of her films. Yeah, she, I, from, I haven't looked it up that much, but from what I've seen, um, she's, she was working on a film um, called, I think, Hallelujah, which was the first all-black cast film. I think it was oh. done in 29. I haven't seen it, but it sounds like God, another one. that would one. be great to yeah. see. Oh, I'm just seeing, I've just been looking online. There is a poster of the finishing school and they actually blew the, the school uniforms. Oh, not blue gray. is also nice. Yeah. Oh, it's nice to see something in colour. Um, mm, please email me that. Yeah, yeah. How so, interesting. Yeah, so it's... yeah. I it's, just love 30s films. They're so fascinating. Yeah, and I love these sort of lines, you know, the, the sort of screwball comedy really yes, fast lines. Yeah, the kind of um, snappy comeback lines are yeah, excellent. Yeah, and it's interesting. I don't think, I'm not sure I've ever seen a f- film with Ginger Rogers where she's not dancing, um, So she, which she isn't in that, apart from doing yeah. the attitudes. Um, I, I, do, I do like that, the whole doing attitudes yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like kind of proto-voguing almost. Yeah, yeah. So I think we might need to try that out. I think so, and maybe I need to introduce it to my MA. Yeah, maybe as a morning exercise before you start. Yes, yes. Before we get into the you know hardcore, let's talk about fashion history. We'll strike some attitudes. Yeah, but you do. I think you do have to have the dresses. Oh well, obviously. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to strike an attitude without my Grecian outfit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I yeah. think that sounds good. That's very good. Well, we can kind of practice that over the summer yeah. and get a good re- routine. Yeah, I think you need a routine, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, lovely. And what have you been up to? Well, I too have been watching films. Yeah. yeah. I watched that summer, mm-hmm. which has just come out, and it's it's really interesting because you know I love Great Gardens and oh, Little yeah. Edie is just like the bomb. And it's footage that was thought to have been lost from when Lee Radziwell and Peter Beard were going to do a film about sort of East Hampton and about that area and the Beals. I think they wanted them to narrate part of it. Mm-hmm. And it's really, I mean, it's very fragmentary, as you would imagine, with recovered film. It's kind of interesting because it's bookended by Peter Beard. So you see him at the beginning looking through one of his books and sort of talking about his different photographs and collages. And then at the end, you see him, oh, um, like le- kneeling on the floor in his house um, 
which is not that far from where Grey Gardens was. Um, and he's, it's almost like his house is like the Beals because he's just surrounded by memories, but his are made into art because it's, you know, all these sort of fragments and scraps of photographs and drawings and things that he's collaging together. So it's really interesting in terms of kind of history and memory and your current identity. And it's also really fun because the beginning of it, they show you footage of Montauk where Lee Radziwell and Jackie Kennedy and their children are. And then there's like various friends coming to stay with them. And it's really fun because Andy Warhol comes there. <laughs> and I don't know that I've ever seen Andy Warhol just out of doors in a countryside yeah. setting before. What does so he it's really wear? I really enjoyed just seeing him sitting on the beach, you know, obviously fully dressed yeah. with a hat on. You know, mm. he wears a black turtleneck. He, he maintains his andiness. Yeah, I can't imagine him in sandals. No, I know. it's it, it, That would just be bad. Yeah. We don't want to see that. We want to, you know. So that's really fun. And like you see Joe D'Alessandro, which again is really, like you think, what are you doing at the <laughs> beach, Joe? It's just really funny because of your kind of idea of them is so... New York City, yeah. Manhattan, isn't it? Um, hello? Hello. I don't know what's wrong with my phone. No, but... it's weird. Um, so so okay. you were talking about Andy Warhol being yes. Andy Warhol on the beach. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting kind of people being decontextualized from from the way they're shaped by history, if you see what I mean, like the way that we're, we're sold an idea of what Andy Warhol was. Mm. And it's sort of interesting that here he is on holiday, albeit, as I said, wearing his turtleneck. And I have to say, I think it's 1973, the 72, the footage. There's some really nicely cut jeans and like little cords. Mm -hmm. I think you need to watch it if only for that. Okay. Okay, I recommend that to you. Okay. And then, and then Lee Radziwell spend sort of weeks knocking on the door of Grey Gardens trying to persuade them to open the door and they eventually do. So that's really fascinating because Grey Gardens is, you know, incredibly overgrown and they really seem to be under attack from whatever the American equivalent of the local council is mm. because they're not keeping the house nice and, you know, the rich folks want it all to look, you know, shiny and glamorous everywhere. So they've, you know, they've stopped collecting the garbage. There's been various kind of dodgy things where they've been harassed and stuff. So they're feeling very sort of under siege. And Lee Radziwell comes off really well because she just seems like she's being very kind to them and trying to sort of make things better for them without upsetting them. Mm. And I really love, like, something I really love about dress is the way that it messes up the idea of history being linear mm -hmm. and smooth. And it's really fantastic because Lee Radziwell looks amazing throughout. Like, she's very sort of dressed down because obviously she's just on holiday and it's the summer. But she'll have, like, an incredible, like, skinny rib, semi-see-through red sweater and matching red, really fluid palazzo pants and look really chic. Mm. And then you have Big Edie, the mother, who seems to be kind of hovering somewhere in the you know between the 1900s and the 30s like she her hair is very much like a sort of younger girl in the 1910s maybe and her 
clothes, her dresses and her robes seem more like they're kind of 30s, you know, 50s at the latest. Mm. But they're kind of ambiguous. But so she's kind of, I think it's, I really like the way people often dress for their youth, like or, or the, yeah. like the point when they were interested and mm. most into it. And then little Edie, who of course is just so creative in the way she looks, looks extraordinary every time and looks like she's, you know, preparing for a sort of shoot in Harper's Bazaar in the 40s. So she has, I think she must have something up with her hair because she always wears a headscarf and it's kind of, she'll have these like amazing, like there was one I was trying to work out how it was by that seems to have like, it's like a sort of, it's it's, so it's got a print of like line drawings of, of historic houses on it. It looks really lovely. And that's wrapped right round her face and then round her neck. And then she's got a metal sort of articulated fish thing <laughs> pinned to one side of her face, of the scarf. So this is kind of shimmering and hovering. And then she always has her lipstick on. There's a lot of, you know, Edie, have you got your lipstick? <laughs> no, I haven't got my lipstick. Have you got my lipstick? Have you got your my, my eyebrow pencil kind of stuff going? And then she draws her eyeliner just straight out from, wow. like, corner of her eye, the far corner amazing. of her eye, just straight out. So she looks amazing, and she'll have... There's a lot of where it looks like she could be, you know, is it a real wraparound to skirt? Is it a tablecloth? Is it an apron? But just, like, and then sometimes it becomes a dress. And she'll sometimes have it with, like, heavy boots on. And sometimes she'll have, like, a turtleneck and then some kind of fabric wrapped around and then big boots. And they're both of them so concerned about appearance and they both have a sense of themselves as beauties because clearly they were beauties. Mm. And they're still very beautiful. But it's this kind of sense of clinging on to an idea of themselves through their clothes and through their makeup. Mm. It's so interesting. Mm. And I just I just really found it fascinating. I mean, as I say, it's quite fragmented. I think if I don't know how it would be if you hadn't seen Grey Gardens already. Yeah. Because it just kind of plunges you into it all. But it's it's interesting and how anyway. They, how do they do it? Do they is it just bits of film just one after another or yeah mm. yeah I mean mm. it, it, it's sort of chronological and it's there's like really funny bits where it seems like little Edie is constantly losing things I mean their house is like incredible it's just like layers and layers of stuff that's been there for decades but you can see that it's people who have a kind of design eye because mm. even though it's like an enormous overgrown pile of papers and goodness knows what there'll be like interesting colors together or interesting shapes together so it's not just complete awful chaos there is some sense of imagery and color in it but there's this really funny bit where she's saying Oh, I've lost it. I've lost it. And her mother says, what have you lost? She said, what I've always lost, my pants. I can't find my pants. And then her mother says, your lipstick? And she's like, no. Well, I'm always looking either for my pants or my lipstick. And I thought, you know, isn't that the story of everyone's life? Yeah. (laughs) Where are your pants and your lipstick? You need Mm. to find them. Um, And they're very kind of crotchety with each other, but obviously completely dependent on each Mm. other. And it's, I mean, it's very sad because there's this sense of them being trapped, but also because they were both performers, it's like they're conscious of performing 
for the camera. Mm. And it's interesting to see it because it's before Grey Gardens. So it's it's like them kind of being a bit, particularly little Edie, being more suspicious mm. of the camera and of why these people are here. Yeah, and apparently but, she really liked one of the, what are the brothers called again? Of the Basils, yeah. yes, yes. So that yes. might have made a difference as well. Yeah, oh, definitely. Mm. But it, I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I just, yeah, I just find it fascinating. I know I've talked to you about this a million times, but I just find it fascinating the the way dress just completely disrupts linear history and it's simultaneous because who's not to say that both of the Edies aren't super fashionable mm. you know why are they not they are fashionable yeah. even if they're not 1972 fashionable and it's just so interesting seeing Lee Radziwell as a contrast with them. yeah yeah mm. and and then you don't see like Andy Warhol or any of them. I mean, I think my head would have exploded. <laughs> Joan Alessandro and Andy Indeed. Warhol would have rocked up to say yeah. it would just been too much for yeah. me to cope with. Um, but yeah, and then really interesting when you see Peter Beard at the end with all his memories, which are images that he's putting together. And it just reinforces that kind of sense of why do we need people to live in sort of tidy, neat, mm. controlled houses? Mm. which I know I'm very neat, so I can't talk. But, you know, if that's if that's what people's identities are built on, then they should just have it how they want. So mm. that was my message to you. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> but, yeah, I do love Little Edie very yeah, much. It's real, it I sounds... mean, I love Big Edie, but Little Edie especially. It's quite punk in a way as well. I it? agree. I yeah. was thinking that. It mm. is. Mm. It really is because it is like they're completely rejecting society and just being who they are mm. but I guess the bad side is they're sort of under siege and there's this sort of sense that little Edie has been kept there by her mother mm. and also and I think the house escape. might look picturesque in a film but I don't think I would yes. want to be in there necessarily no I agree mm. I agree I mean you know what I'm like if a pen is out of line on my <laughs> desk I start to get hives so what I would do there I cannot imagine but yeah just fascinating and really amazing her mother has this portrait this huge portrait which I mean they virtually seem to sort of cart it around with them and she keep like it keeps being look at the portrait of me I'm so beautiful and then look at me now Edie stand by the portrait don't stand like that put your hands nicely and look I want you because it's almost like big Edie is trying to get a photograph taken because she's trying to get the cameraman to have little Edie and her portrait mm. together. So there's kind of these templates of earlier versions of themselves. Mm. that It's almost like that version of her lives in the house as well and is continually referred to. Mm. It's quite um, interesting in a way to look at it in context of the finishing school, because I guess that's what, oh, they, yes. what, they would yes. have, what she would have been groomed to. yeah and there's so much grooming to, to, to so much grooming and 30s. so much mm. like i remember when i was doing like i was reading about college girls in america in the in the 30s and 40s and so kind of interesting because on the one hand they're really free and they have much more freedom than you know college girls here probably did and more girls were going but on the other hand there's this really kind of regimented middle-class idea of what 
girls should wear and how they should present themselves. Mm. So that kind of Mary McCarthy pearls and twin set kind of mm. stuff. And also, yeah, this yeah how they how they behave. There's this funny scene in this film and where they they have to learn how many cards you leave when you go to someone's house and it it's apparently not just one it depends on how many daughters the family has and it's oh so like it's goodness. like it's like this math. is where I've been going wrong that's why yeah. I'm being snubbed it's like math with but with you know how many cards you leave it's that sort of puzzle oh my um, yeah I was trying to, it... I was trying to figure out what the messages are from that film because it's sort of a bit weird because they don't really seem to totally condemn drinking um yeah. even though she gets in trouble um and i i don't know there's sort of i i just it seemed a bit contradictory sometimes what they're saying they're obvi it's obviously anti really rich people and there is something about you have to take care of your daughters because otherwise yes. they do bad stuff and they get into trouble so that is one big message But it's sort of against rich people as well, and yeah. yeah, the phoniness of the schools because the school, you you can actually behave badly. The school just is interested in that if you do that, no one knows about it. So that's, that's the thing, isn't it? Of of like all these things can go on, but they must be hidden yeah. in the correct manner as mm. well and dealt with in the correct manner. Yeah, yeah, and then you can do them. Mm. And and also, is it Marianne? Stone, who talks about like in melodramas that even if the women get punished it's like the morality doesn't really come across because what you remember is the amazing woman yes. and her performance not the moral lesson at mm. the end and the fun she had yeah yes and how glamorous she looked yes certainly mm. that's what we always remember. yes that's our takeaway <laughs> take yes. that's our takeaway more glamour yeah 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 that's wow. that seems a good place to end Yes, yes. Well, thank you. I, I, I'm going to find this film now, watch yeah. it myself. And we're going to try and find our lipstick. Yeah, I'm going to go off and find my pants and my lipstick right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. See you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye.